0: Hello everyone, this is Emily Kalaszewski, Member Programs Lead at the Michigan Municipal League, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Today's webinar is titled, Michigan's Lead and Copper Rule, Making Hard to Understand Issues Understandable. Michigan's revised Lead and Copper Rule has renewed public interest in the dangers of lead, and with it, it has raised questions from residents about water safety, lead line replacement, and test results but making a complicated issue such as the lead and copper rule understandable requires proactive messaging and a solid communications plan. Michelle Franzen-Martin and Rich Donnelly of Mort Crim Communications Inc. with their partners from the Detroit Water and Sewerage Department and Oakland County Water Resources Commissioner's Office will provide you with the steps necessary for communicating complicated issues to residents and most importantly, making sure you use clear, consistent messaging to make sure they understand. A few notes before we get started. I will be facilitating a Q&A session with participants um, both throughout and following the presentation. So feel free to submit your questions in the chat box throughout the presentation. We'll work to get to those. Following today's session, we'll also email any links and the PowerPoint presentation uh, to all participants. So you will get a copy of today's presentation if you're participating with us today. Now I'm going to formally introduce our slate of speakers. We have Rich Donley and Michelle Franzen-Martin from Mort Crim Communications, Tiffany Jones and Brian Peckinpah from Detroit Water and Sewage Department, and Trisha Bruzik from the Oakland Counter Water Resources Commissioner's Office. Thank you all for joining us today, and I will turn it over to our speakers to begin. Good
1: afternoon, thank you for joining us today. On behalf of MCCI, Mort Crim Communications, and our partners, the Detroit Water and Sewage Department, the Oakland County Water Resources Commissioner, and Compass Strategies. I'd like to thank you and the Michigan Municipal League for giving us an opportunity to talk about how to make hard to understand issues understandable. Next slide, please. I'm Michelle Martin, an Account Director at MCCI who works with our partners, DWSD and WRC, and that includes working on communications about the Lead and Copper Rule. And today we'll be using the Lead and Copper Rule as an example for how to develop a solid strategic communications plan and messaging. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce our team, starting with my co-presenter, Rich Donnelly.
2: And hello, Rich Donnelly, I'm uh, president of MCCI. My background is journalism, public relations, marketing communications, and also I've done a lot in crisis communications. But what's really key here is that creating the campaigns and messaging, that resonates. It's easy to understand it resonates with your ultimate uh, audience. So appreciate the opportunity to share some insights and some tips as we go through this.
3: Tiffany? Good morning, well, good afternoon. We just hit the afternoon mark. It's my pleasure to be here with you all um, and thank you for having us. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the Public Affairs Director for the Detroit Water and Sewage Department. Brian?
4: Brian?
5: Good afternoon, this is Brian Peckinpah with the Detroit Water and Sewerage Department, uh, Public Affairs Deputy Director. Happy to join you and look forward to our conversation this afternoon. And
4: Tricia? Hello, everyone. I'm Tricia Peruzic. I am the Marketing and Communications Supervisor at Oakland County WRC. I'm excited to be here and to share some insight into our marketing strategies. Thanks for having me, and look forward to the conversation as well. Next slide,
2: please. All right, so here's what we're going to be uh, discussing today. What are you really saying? You have a message you want to get out, you put it out there, but is it understandable? You may think it is, but what are you really saying? And then how are you saying it? What is that message? What is the message you're trying to get across? Uh, How did you develop that message? Uh, We all know we jump right sometimes to the implementation issue a release, issue a flyer, have a bill insert, but we want you to try to avoid that ready, fire, aim approach and instead take a step back in order to move forward. Uh, We're also gonna share some tips here. There are uh, four steps for strategic communications called RPI, who doesn't love PI, except this is RPI and we'll get into that in in just a moment. Next slide, please. So thank you for those that did uh, complete the survey. Uh, If you go to the next slide, we'll get into the details of that. Uh, This is a word cloud. You're probably familiar with word clouds, but just for reference, the larger the word, uh, the more relevant, the more common um, responses there were. Uh, Certainly from those that did respond, testing results and lead levels by far uh, were number one. Uh, There was also um, reference to you have iron, not lead. Uh, So how do you communicate that uh, from your communication standpoint? Also uh, water rates Uh, are also high up there and just why are you replacing uh, what you're replacing? There are a number of other uh, survey insights we received as well, but this really says there's quite a bit that you're dealing with and you have to message accordingly. Next slide, please. The next one is your biggest challenge when communicating complicated issues. Uh, By far, lack of resources uh, and lack of understanding. Those were two of the top ones. Uh, We understand you may not have the resources to do what you need to do, the time. Uh, You may not fully understand what you're trying to communicate. And more importantly, who the end receiver is probably doesn't understand it as well. And there's a lot of misinformation. Uh, What you can see in the other category uh, is other areas. uh, Certainly there's mistrust. You are dealing with uh, management and others where there are issues. And what we're trying to do here uh, based on, on this and, and our understanding is help walk you through some of this. If you don't have the resources, there's a lack of understanding or maybe the message isn't clear how we can help you through that. Next slide. And then who handles messaging and uh, the marketing communications in your, your city, township or village? Uh, it's pretty much split. Uh, may it, it may not be your main role. Some communities certainly have the luxury of having a communications marketing department and they're assigned to that other city manager or other role. Uh, Again, depending upon your level and understanding, uh, we have some tips here that will help uh, to be able to share on how to communicate and how to do it in an easy fashion, even if you are limited on time and resources. Next slide.
1: And that leads us to this question. What are you really saying? So in other words, who controls the message? So next slide, please. So when you're communicating issues like the lead and copper rule, you need to be sure that you communicate clearly. So this is a real life example of, it's actually a door hanger and it's from a city in Metro Detroit. And this door hanger was left in mailboxes and it ended up causing a lot of confusion. Um, that's because the door hanger lacked details. It didn't explain what they were doing It had no information relating to it, um, you know, to direct people to the city's website to learn more. There was no media outreach in the local papers. Um, There was nothing on social media to explain what was going on. And that's important because what you'll see on the next slide, you don't mind going there. um, This is what happened. So this is a real life Facebook thread after this door hanger was left behind because this is what people were saying. There was just so much confusion. And one of the people in this Facebook group suggested to the others that the door hanger was to check on their water heater because, um, you know, and as you'll see, the conversation just continued to brew. But the question is, why did she think it was the water heater? Well, it was because the person who was distributing the door hanger said so. So you'll see in one of the posts, he it says he shrugged his shoulders and said, I don't know. So lesson learned, when you're communicating complicated issues like this, you have to be sure that your messaging is clear and consistent. You have to be sure that everyone is aware, including your employees or the volunteers who are interacting out there with residents and leaving door hangers, whether they're on your door or in your mailbox. Um, and next slide, please. And this is another example of a door hanger that lacks information and potentially could cause some panic. Imagine coming home to see this on your door. There's no explanation for why the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning stopped by to see this family. Was this, you know, family suspected of having lead in their home? Did their children test positive for lead? The door hanger doesn't tell. So you're only left to wonder. Next slide, please. But we're not here to show you lots of bad examples of communications. What we're here to do is to show you how complicated issues need clear messaging, a call to action and access to more information. So we have a few good examples here that we wanna share with you. On the far left is a door hanger from the city of Royal Oak. It has detailed information, a very specific call to action. It directs people to a website, it has a phone number. This is a really good example of how Royal Oak is communicating with residents about the letting Copper Rule. And the two examples to the right are from the city of Ferndale. Ferndale's website, which you'll see in the center here, has a lot of great information including a timeline to let people know, to let residents know what to expect and when to, um, you know, where to get the information. And as you can see over to the right, they even have an app that lets people search for their address and get a better understanding of what type of material constitutes their service line. So complicated issues require education campaigns and that's what both of these cities do. They explain the issues, they provide information for more, you know, access to more information and they tell people to take action. Next slide, please.
2: So let's get into the messaging. So next slide, Uh, just gonna go uh, high level here and then our partners from DWSD and uh, WRC will get into more details and insights but with any communications plan you have to make sure you have solid messaging. So what does that mean? What is that overarching message? And what are those supporting messages? Uh, We can't just have random messages It should tie up to an overarching message that you have an um, umbrella statement They should be clear, concise, consistent, compelling, compassionate. Uh, We have a tendency to maybe jump into jargon. You may understand it, but does your audience understand it? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? What are your objectives you're trying to achieve from that messaging? The second thing is about being proactive, not reactive. We tend to live in a reactive world. How do you get ahead of the message and be more proactive and get out there? And third, what's the purpose? Is the piece, whatever you're sending out, the message you're getting out, Is it intended to be an educational piece or is a call to action not always clear if it's not clear in what you're delivering, how do you know that your audience is going to react accordingly. Next slide. So when I mentioned messaging and the overarching message, think of this, and this has been called uh, the message house. You think about the overarching message being that umbrella statement, the roof, Uh, then you have your supporting messages, which are the pillars. What are those individual messages that roll up to the overarching message? And then you have various facts and proof points that support that. But you should always start with that overarching message. You may know a certain area of a supporting message, uh, but how does it tie up to the over one? Next. And so at this point, I'm going to have uh, uh, Tiffany uh, from DWSD uh, get into more detail when we're talking about clear, concise, concise messaging.
3: Thank you, Rich. Um, as you can see on your screen these are just a few of the um, examples that we've used over the past years our first key thing is to kiss and many of us know of the kiss method keep it short and simple Um, we try to keep our literature at least at a third to fourth grade level we know that many of our residents may be um, english may be their second language um, and they have school age children that are translating some of the material. So we try to keep everything simple and short. We also wanna keep it consistent. Um, we do have as a city government department, we do have to follow the guidelines and the branding of the city of Detroit. However, we want our messaging to look the same. When, so- when someone receives uh, a flyer or a print ad, they can tell right off, right away, that is from a city of Detroit department. Um, and as you can see in the, some of the examples, it's not only important about the message, but it's also very important about the messenger. We try to always use actual employees. Um, we try to stay away from stock photos because not only does that give our employees a sense of morale when they see themselves in print ads or on literature or even on billboards, they become you know, many celebrities within the department. But most of our employees live in our community and they we're not only delivering messages, but we're building trust at the same time. And when they can see that Gail actually lives in their neighborhood, Put, they become um, more open to hearing the message. So those are just a few examples of how we stay consistent and short in our message. Next slide.
2: Thank you, Tiffany. And so, uh, Tricia from WRC, will get into uh, messaging that's more on the proactive side rather than reactive. Yeah, so here
4: you'll see an um, example from our office, some um, really important public education assistance um, so this, what you see here is an example of a snippet of our sewer backup campaign. Um, it's really important to us to educate um, residents and just the general public on, you know, sewer backups. What are they? What can you do? How can you be proactive as a homeowner and a resident um, to work with us, to partner um, if a sewer backup So we're proactive in this campaign, just sharing knowledge about, Everything that goes together or around sewer backup, um, and within the messaging, it was very important to us to have the campaign access in the different form, different forms of media. Um, so it was important for us to do uh, a print a mailer that went out with people, um, water and sewer bills, so they could access the campaign that way. We have a lot of information on our website, and then we also have social. Media. So tailoring messaging for each different media platform um, is really important. And that was a big part of this campaign to making sure we reach a wide variety of audience to share public education. And so this um, public education campaign also um, picked up the national newspaper from the newspaper. So when you tailor the messaging and have them different media, it can be spread faster and more, more broad in the audience. So this is an example of that. Thank you. Next slide. And these are some more examples um, from our office. So oh, it's really important to have um, call to action on all of our marketing materials. Always want to be that reader of your materials with knowing what exactly to do. Um, so always having that call to action um, is very important. Exactly what you do. So here you'll see a couple different of our marketing examples. And We always try to uh, really resource our campaign we currently have for all of our um, materials. So just making sure you have your website. In the example that's Drinking water sample instructions. So just as long, and always recommend you know clear, concise call to action on each material that you do. You know print material, billboard, social media post—all that call to action. Number one, you should make sure that's clear and concise as far as messaging goes. Next slide.
2: So this is, you know, certainly all wonderful. we have this messaging. Uh, We've talked about, you know, some of the good and bad uh, messaging, but the big question is how do you get there? And so these are the tips uh, to avoid that ready uh, fire aim. Next slide, please. So how do you do it? You take a step back to move forward. You really need to start asking the why. Uh, You're gonna see some things on here that might be a little scary, like research, planning, implementation, evaluation. We jump right into implementation a lot of times. Uh, It doesn't have to be so scary if you follow this process, regardless of your uh, time, the resources, the knowledge, uh, this can be done. Next slide. So research. We think we know the answer, but we're gonna do a a poll here. Uh, So next slide. You'll see there, and should pop up on your screen for those that are able to take that. Do you do research before you launch a communications campaign? Select one, please. It's either always, sometimes, rarely, and never. As we're waiting for that, you know, again, research could be pretty scary. Do we have the time? Do we have the resources to do it? How are our results coming in? Are are we nearing completion? There we go. Always, very good. Majority actually are doing the research uh, sometimes. Um, And then, uh, so what we have here is always is 47%, sometimes 39%, rarely 8%, and 6% is never. So for those that are doing it, congratulations. Those sometimes, there might be a reason why you're doing that. So let's go to the the next slide here. The most important thing is to know it does not have to be scary. Research, don't overthink it. It doesn't have to be time consuming. It doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, A lot of people think of research as formal as being a scientific sampling. And while that's ideal, it doesn't have to be. You can look at the the quantitative, the qualitative. Uh, Is it firsthand where you're conducting it or is secondary? There's a lot of information out there as we well know. You can review that information that's out there. So, an informal way of doing that, for example, is look at your content. Um, several of you, and we'll get to survey results, some additional survey results, talked about social media. A lot of residents, a lot of citizens out there are using social media to communicate. Michelle had shared that of uh, an example once a flyer was sent out a door hanger and the misinformation out there. You can receive a lot of information of what's out there from doing content analysis. Look at social media, look at the community forums, next door and others. What about media coverage what is the media saying about your situation your community and not only in yours but in others that you can look at and look at best practices and what's being said what is your communications is there consistency in your communications Tiffany talked about that of that clear concise that consistency um, frontline workers they're the ones that are frontlined out there communicating with the residents whether it's the person delivering a door hanger whether it's the um, like a lead line service, a field service rep, who is out there, get that information from them. They're hearing it firsthand. You have inbound or you're making outbound uh, customer inquiries and comments. How are you tracking those? What is being said? This is all about being proactive instead of reactive to get ahead of it. Of course, you can do surveys. It doesn't have to be extremely formal. There's things like SurveyMonkey and others that could be used um, that are pretty inexpensive and will give you a lot of great data. All right. So before you do that, you got to take another step back and you've got to ask some, some questions. So Michelle will walk in, walk through a couple of those questions.
1: So next slide. Next slide. Okay. So we, as Rich said, research doesn't have to be overly formal. But you do need to, as you said, take a step back and look at the what, the who, and the want. And so first we start with the the what. Um, so what issues or opportunities are you trying to solve? And then who does that impact? So are you hoping to educate residents about a particular issue? For example, do you want to tell residents why they should change their faucet, aerator, or screens regularly, or why they should use filters for their water? Do you want to persuade public? Or do you want to address fears? Um, Fears about lead, for example. Um, do you want to address the mistrust that people have for city government or the concern that the charter on authorized gear repairs on the bombing year, So just think about the end result, of those
4: outcomes and it was just decide. I, is- I believe
1: we're getting an audio issue here. I
2: believe we're getting an audio issue
1: here. try this again, um, the who. So the next, you've identified the what, so that's your opportunity or problem, and that leads to the who. So who does that impact? In other words, who are your audiences? Um, in communications research, you have primary and secondary audiences. primary audiences are the people who you directly want to act on the what, which is course after to your issue that you can solve. So kind of your primary audience, for example, you need to call or then you need to schedule and point out a service contract, Or they might be your critics, whose opinions on issue you hope to persuade. Um, your second-year audiences might be your employees. So for example, your field, um, your field service workers, the people who might not live in your city, so they might not receive a direct communication from you about lead service lines. But they're out there every day talking with the residents who will. So, your audiences can range from elected officials to board members to black clubs and even the news media. Um, what's important is that you identify them. So, you remember that guy who was going door to door, handing out door hangers, telling people to check their water heaters. He's one of your audiences. So, the key is communicating to them consistent, clear, concise messaging. Next slide, please. And then finally, the want an important part of communications planning is knowing your outcomes. So, what do you want people to do? Do you want them to understand something better? Do you want them to feel a different way? Do you want them to take action? Do you want them to change their behavior? These are important considerations for a communications plan. By asking what you want them to solve, who you want to reach, and what you want them to do, you're well on your way to developing the research needed for a solid communications plan. Next slide, please. And then finally, I'm gonna end the research part of this presentation with three simple words. Just don't overthink it. You know, research doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to span, you know, a year or more. Um, You know, you can do it yourself. You can do Google searches. You can go scroll through Facebook posts like the one that we showed earlier. You can look at news clips. You can see what residents are saying even in other communities. So just don't overthink it, but definitely do it. Next slide, please.
2: Michelle, before we get into planning, mm-hmm. I think it would be appropriate to point out that about the importance of having clear messaging and having garbled audio is a perfect example, right? <laughs> uh, is your message getting through, is it not? Uh, so apologize of any audio issues you have. I know that we're gonna have this presentation sent out uh, afterwards and also a tip sheet, um, but if you do have any questions and uh, something you didn't understand, please uh, do ask, but hopefully our audio is fixed going forward.
1: Thank you. Um, And that leads us to planning. So uh, next slide please, we'll jump right into that. Um, But before we start talking about planning, we want to return to a few of the survey questions that we had sent out um, the other week. So the first question is, we asked if your city or township has a communications plan. And as you'll see um, here, it's a pretty equal split. So um, about 40 percent of you said you do, 40 percent said you don't, and about a quarter of you said that you weren't sure. So for those who have a plan, that's great. Um, But the question that we're going to get into today is, if you do have a plan, does your plan include strategies, goals, objectives? Because you have to remember that communications campaigns aren't just about tactics. So for those of you who aren't sure whether your your, um, municipality has a communications plan, be sure to ask. And if you do have one and you see it, find out what your city's goals and objectives are. Ask what strategies and tactics you're using to achieve them, so that way you know that you're all moving in the same direction. And this way, also, you don't have employees who are leaving door hangers in mailboxes telling people that they need to have their water heaters fixed. Next slide, please. Um, we also asked where you believe residents get most of their most of their information, and the results here are really interesting. As you'll see here, the majority of these said that you believe resonance information in social media. And that was followed by internal publications and emails and a few of you said newsletters and TV and other media. But now I wanna compare this against what else you said. So next slide, please. So remember you said overwhelmingly that the number one that you believe information is through social media. But looking at this pie chart here, here's what's interesting. Just a small percentage of you say that that's your favorite communications tactic. Um, as you can see here, public meetings and newsletters are a popular way to reach residents, followed by postcards and door hangers. Um, there were also a few other responses which included face-to-face, department websites, video messages, um, but what does it have to do with planning? So next slide, please. So no matter which of the tactics you choose, so whether it's the newsletters you mentioned or the social media that you, the majority of you see value in, or maybe it's something else, all of those things, those tactics all tie into planning. And they're actually, the the tactics are actually the last piece of the planning process. So there's four things to consider when you're planning and it all starts with your goals, which define where you're heading and your goals help you set objectives, which should be measurable and smart. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Your strategies follow and they tell you how to reach your objectives. And finally, there's your tactics which help you achieve your strategy. Next slide, please. So starting with goals. So sometimes people confuse goals and objectives, but the goals are those longer term, more broad, more future focused aspects of who you wanna be or where you wanna be. So they're your your roadmap. They provide direction for your organization. And why does it matter? because if you don't have a roadmap, you don't know where you're heading. So again, we'll talk about that guy who left the door hangers. He shared an inaccurate information with residents. You can bet he wasn't aware of his city's goals. Did he know that perhaps his city's goal is to become, as you see here, the trusted resource for residents to understand and take action on the lead line replacement program? If you, if you did, you could bet the
2: water heater's
1: So, I'd like to invite to be a little so um, talk more about this and to share to the school, which, as you see here on the slide, is to become a compassionate community partner.
5: Thank you, Michelle. Uh, we wanted to touch on this aspect. Oh, the echo. Okay. Uh, thank you. Um, technology is sometimes at its best and sometimes at um, challenges. So we're moving through it. Um, this ad and this theme was created because during the pandemic, we saw a decrease in water bill payments, like many c- cities saw. So we instead of saying, we want you to pay your water bill because we need to maintain the system. We instead took that, flipped it around and said, how does it benefit uh, residents and businesses by paying their water bill, um, what's the benefit? You have capital improvements, you have us out with crews cleaning catch basins, you have us replacing lead service lines at DWSD's cost and improving service delivery in the sewer system uh, and upgrading the 100 year old system, as well as ensuring that our customer service staff are responsive and available when our customers need it, our businesses and residents. So. We took it in another direction. The goal was to um, say, uh, pay pay your bill. (laughs) We need to maintain the system. How do we communicate that? That comes from a resident's perspective. Next slide.
2: Yep, so who doesn't want to be smart? So one of the things Michelle talked about is certainly your objectives being smart. And it's not just, hey, we want to have more people replace their lead line. We want them to uh, attend this meeting. Uh, we want them to make sure they pay their bill. I mean, we want to make sure it's a smart uh, objective. And the way to do that is think about it being specific. What will you do and how will you do it? Is there a way to measure it? How are you going to define that? What is it that is measurable? Is it attainable? Uh, what are the results? Um, Michelle mentioned about not just outputs, but out, uh, outcomes. We may say we're going to deliver so many flyers, but what is it you want your audience to do? you want them to take action? Do you want them to call? Do you want them to pay? And then put a time frame in that. So here's one example. We want to achieve 90% compliance of residents who agree to place, replace the private portion of their lead line by year end. So you have each of the smart objectives that are in there. Now the question is, is 90% compliance realistic or not? It really depends upon what your data shows and what that response will be. Next slide. So strategies and tactics, the way to think about this strategies are the blueprint tactics are the building materials and here's a couple strategies partner with Community advocates to explain the benefits of the program or leverage relationships with block clubs to distribute information. Um, This is really uh, some acknowledgement here, uh, at least through DWSD that we partner with compass strategies. uh, That helps on the on the strategy and, and the public relations side, but most important also is on the Community relations side of really getting out there. Uh, front lines with those tactics uh, to be able to hear firsthand uh, from residents what are they saying, taking that message there, taking the QA back and having that full communications loop. Um, you can see a number of tactics here. That's all the, the stuff right that is uh, actually out there. And you know think of it uh, some of these here, but like door hangers, flyers, emails. And that tends to be where we all jump into is just do the tactics but you can see where we have so far is how does it tie to a strategy? How does it tie to that end objective? What is that goal you're trying to achieve? Next slide.
1: A bit later in this presentation, we'll share with you some tactics and um, best practices, helpful tips and hints and first-hand experiences from our partners at DWD and WRC. Um, but before we do, we wanna to touch on the PESO model and that's the PESO model specifically for tactics. So there are some rules for using tactics to communicate complicated issues. You know, we already talked about the need for clear, consistent messaging to let your goals, objectives, and strategies drive your tactics. But you should also communicate frequently and do so using different media. So in other words, you want to vary your tactics and you want to have everything integrated. And you'll see that when you look at the PESO model. So PESO stands for paid, which are things like social and digital advertising, Um, earned media, which is your media relations, some people just bucket it under um, PR, your shared media, which is the content that your followers share on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and organic, which is the content that you own, and it's critical for any organization to have owned media because that is the way that you control the message. So it's everything that you say as an organization in video, like newsletters, um, social media posts. And why is it important to do this in this model? Because the best campaigns, the best communications campaigns, don't happen in this model. You know, PR is. For example, extremely valuable, but it's also accurate when it's integrated other elements that you see in the ISO. So, through integrated marketing communications, you can put all that in place to use all those elements. And then, as we talked about in just a moment, we'll be able to you know go back and measure, evaluate, and reevaluate to see how they met your goals and objectives. Next slide, please. And this is a great example of an integrated marketing campaign that followed the PESO model. So I'm going to turn this over to Tiffany and Brian who can tell you more.
3: Thank you. So um, here are again, some examples of integrated communications. Um, The research shows that it takes what five touch points for people to actually remember the message that you're trying to deliver. So what are those different methods of communication. And we've done so with paid advertising, such as billboards and print ads and digital media. Um, Since everyone was in their home on um, electronic devices, some of our best advertising was advertising digitally and kind of tracking our customers. So our ads would show up where um, where they're viewing the most. So we found great value in that. We also develop many videos that we not only play on social media, but we also provide it to the city of Detroit and they play it on the city's channel. Something that's short, sweet, but it gets to the point. Um, And we have a great um, library of videos. Um, Something else that we incorporated, you know, as um, city workers, we're out on the streets. That's what we do. We work with water line services and sewer lines. So we're in the neighborhood. So what better way to get our message is to brand our vehicles. So we've done a major push on um, rebranding all of our vehicles, all of our DWSD vehicles that are on the street. Um, And again, I want to mention a suggestion that Rich said earlier, to utilize your community. Um, We talk constantly to community groups, to associations, If your department is anything like my department, we're very small. We can't go to all of the meetings. We can't go to all of the events. But if you have partners in the community that you can provide them with flyers, you can provide them with handouts, they can make sure that your message gets to the people that need it the most. Churches, you know, in the city of Detroit, our pastors and bishops of, and clergy are one of the most highest trusted um, professionals in the city of Detroit. So why not partner with them to deliver your message? Um, that's, in essence, paid advertising as well. So it's just a, mess, it's just a technique of taking everything and kind of um, incorporating it into one message that is consistent through different channels. Next slide.
6: There I am. I love it. Um, as we talked about, you, your plan should define your goals, your measurable objectives, and you should develop strategies and have a um, varied, integrated mix of tactics. But really, um, most importantly, just remember, there's only one way to reach people. Next slide, please.
2: All right, now we get into the implementation, uh, which is a lot of times where we start. So next slide. So we've done the research, we've done the planning, uh, now the implementation. You know, we finally arrived. We're we're celebrating. It's 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 been worth the wait, though. Um, what do you have at this point? Hopefully, you have better, easy to understand messaging. It's going to resonate with your end audience. You've got some research you've done. Uh, you've got your goals, your objectives, your strategies, your tactics. Again, a lot of what we've covered. And remember, don't overthink it. We're talking about the research. It doesn't have to be exhaustive. So. But what you've done is you've taken a step back to go forward because now you have the objectives, the strategies, the tactics to get into that. So at this point, uh, we're gonna have uh, Tricia and then also um, Brian speak to uh, more specific examples of implementation and share some tips and different thoughts uh, that they have. And we do encourage certainly as we're nearing the the end of the presentation, uh, if there are any questions, uh, keep those comments so we can make sure that we can uh, Answer any of those questions along the way. All right. With that, next slide, please. All right, Trisha.
4: So we have a couple examples here about um, implementation of our marketing strategy. Um, The video that you see here was a big project we worked on during. Um, We have a new biosolids. Project at our Clinton River Water Resource Recovery Facility in Pontiac, and we decided to do the ribbon cutting during the pandemic. Um, so, as you know, that was probably a, a tall order, but we did a very proud of our job that we did. And the implementation to, to achieve our strategy was to create a video um, during all of our ribbon cutting to tour. Um, so we, we decided we were going to take that. Sure, um on video and so that was part of our big kind of selling point of our video was to create a video um and then to do live stream of the ribbon um um like ten people um the so we you know had to pivot during the pandemic and now we have um this last scene video that we To share all about our new project and facilities. So that was a very um, successful strategy that we implemented. Um, But that was a way to really look at the obstacle at hand and overcome it by pivoting in today's digital world. Um, Some other examples I'll touch on quickly is our lead service line replacement projects. Um, this is something that is, you know, it's a very sensitive subject. So you have to be, um, very cognizant when you implement your communications and so with this. We go door to door, um, with all of our employees to, to talk to the residents, um, that we're, we're servicing and that we're working on these projects. With them. So it's very important. Um, Tiffany touched on it earlier, just make sure that this, the the messaging is simple and concise and we can understand it. Um, so to implement that again, I touched on it earlier too about the action. Just to make sure that you know your residents know whatever message you're trying to get out there in your implementation is that you know we're partnering with um, to work together. Too. Those are two um, examples, two strategies. Thank you.
2: And we're starting to lose you there, Tricia. So I'm going to move on to the next slide. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Brian and or Tiffany that will address about uh, other tactics to achieve your strategy.
5: Thank you, Rich. Um, We uh, are very um, proactive in our communication. We, we tend to over communicate. This is coming from our director and our philosophy, too, of how we want to reach our customers. Uh, I've been with the department since 2016 and um, just before coming on board, um, they, uh, our crews would be on a street um, doing a water main repair and the residents wouldn't find out until their water was turned off. Or we would do a water main replacement. The only communication was they got a letter in the mail a couple of weeks prior to the work coming to their street. Now we have gone to an expanded level. We really want to ensure that our customers are fully aware of the projects that are coming to their area. So we have, even for the lead service line replacement, which we do have to provide quite a bit of information, but it's an eight page document that's put in a folder and is um, is um, distributed door-to-door at least 40 days in advance of the project on their street. Um, it's very detailed with graphics and we um, deliver that and also have it on our website. So the water quality report, which we we're all all cities and townships are required to do a CCR, consumer confidence report related to water service in your community. Um, we took that to a next level with uh, MCCI's help um, to make that not only a compliance report, but also to educate our customers on uh, what we were doing the past year um, for capital improvements, what we're doing to uh, improve customer care and access to accounts. And other improvements at the water department. So we took that opportunity to. It used to be actually a four-page uh, mailed insert. Now it's a twenty-two-page uh, posted document that we uh, distribute and have on our website. Uh, so we try to be very thorough and uh, communicate with the customers well in advance as well as during projects too. We uh, we have a construction project that we've had uh, eight committee meetings with the uh, four prior four community meetings prior to the construction, excuse me, and eight committee meetings during construction. So we are very active in um, communicating to our customers. Next slide.
3: I'll take this one, Brian. Um, just another brief example of how we over communicate We had one door hanger that um, explained the entire water main replacement um, project and customers maybe or maybe not received it. What we did is we took that one door hanger and broke it out into three different door hangers. So now they get one that we give them a two week notice in addition to the 40 day in advance packet that is delivered to their doorstep we tell them okay in two weeks we're going to be in your neighborhood Um, and then they get a list a door hanger on what to expect the second door hanger is we have to interrupt water services and this is what you need to do and so it kind of gives them a step-by-step process and again the, the theme of this webinar is how to communicate complex Uh, messages keep it short and simple we customers cannot understand the whole depth of a project so we break it up into digestible um, food bites for them and then the third last door hanger is we're done Um, this is what you will still expect because we get a lot of questions on you know restoration and you know when will they get grass so we try to answer all of those questions up front Um, And then, of course, we also um, leave flushing instructions because that is the main um, message that we want to leave when we do a water main is how to ensure that the residents are properly flushing. So we took one door hanger and broke it up into three different small um, door hangers for the customers to use.
2: All right, thank you, Tiffany and, and Brian and Trisha on that. So next slide. As we wrap up here. Uh, So the biggest thing the key takeaway here is follow the plan, you know, stay on course, follow that plan, set it up up front and then follow it. Okay, but we're not done. We're at the very end, though, we're getting very close. And uh, next slide please. And that is evaluation. Next slide. Look at the outcomes. Remember, we set those up front, we set an objective. So as an example, uh, achieve 90% compliance of residents who agree to replace the private portion of their lead line by year end. So you have to ask yourself, um, which residents have been reached? Uh, what actions have they taken? So if we look back to the example of you know, 100%, that's ideal. Um, I know DWSD, you can say that of the case, not necessarily by year end, because you had a different metric specifically, but for those all that you, um, have reached out to, those actually have been replaced and they agreed to do that. So 100% is of course achievable um, in some cases, but set realistic objectives and make sure again, look at the outcomes, it's a change in behavior, not just we issued X number of door flyers or whatever the case may be. And then this is important of knowing about the whole communication cycle. Based on that evaluation, adjust your messaging. Go back if you have to change some things, if things are misunderstood, not resonating. Look at your strategies again. What's working, what's not. Look at the individual tactics. Being flexible and being able to change that and feeding that back into the whole RPI. Again, the research, the planning, implementation, and evaluation, that complete circle will help give a better result. All right, next slide. So review, refine, refresh. it right back in is the the key takeaway on evaluation. Next slide. So uh, on this one, uh, go ahead Michelle.
6: Okay, sorry about that. Um, So we did, we covered a lot and we still have questions to answer, so we want to share a recap. So, um, So starting with the first one, what are you really saying? You don't want residents to think you're there to check their water heater. So you need to communicate clearly. You need to explain things in detail and you need to vary where you're putting those communications. And also give them something to do. Give them a call to action, direct them to a website or a phone number to learn more. You also wanna use clear, consistent, compelling, compassionate messaging. So again, going back to that message house that Rich talked about, you have your overarching message, which is the roof of the house and you have your supporting points.
2: Yep. And don't forget, avoid that ready fire aim. Don't just launch into it. Take a step back. Ask the why. Uh, do your research, your uh, planning before you start implementing. Look at your goals, your objectives, what are the outcomes you're trying to achieve, not just the outputs. And be proactive and not reactive. It's
4: really important to you know, think not only outside of the box, but then in advance. If um, you have, you know, upcoming communications that you, projects that you need to get out, you know, think about ways that you, um, reach your audience in a different way, get in front of people. Um, if there is a problem or an issue, it quickly to resolve it. Um, but being proactive and marketing in communications um, reactive um, just the best way to go.
5: Into leading in the number five and to build what uh, Tricia said, Uh, what I mentioned on the previous slide, uh, it's better to be proactive and over-communicate rather than having a customer call you to say that their water is off when they got home from work and they knew nothing about it. So we need to prepare our customers for the work that's ahead. Number five, evaluate, review, refine, and refresh. we do this. We review our messages for our audiences. We refine it. Um, in particular, in Detroit, you know, we have a large geographic area bigger than uh, combined Boston, Manhattan, and San Francisco. And there's a lot of different ways we we methods we use to communicate with uh, various audiences. And what we do in District Six, of Southwest Detroit, with a Spanish population, primarily Spanish speaking population. Will be different than what we do in District 1 um, in Rosedale Park and other areas. So, and then we refresh that message too. We may continue a campaign, the Working Hard for You campaign at DWC has, but we refresh it with new ideas. Um, for instance, yesterday, we had a press conference. Instead of um, um, ha- having the focus be on our chief engineer and our deputy director about a capital improvement programs, we shifted the focus to employees who live in the city to talk about their role in the capital improvement program and what it means to allow people to still be able to flush and not worry about basement backups in their neighborhood. Next slide.
2: All right. So I know that we've shared a lot of information. Uh, One thing we did develop uh, and Emily will be able to get into the details of distribution of this and all, but we did develop this, this one pager uh, that does talk about the RPI, but really gets back to the whole, how do you make those hard to understand issues understandable, knowing what you'll say, who you're gonna say it to, where you'll say it, keep in mind what that messaging is, and remember RPI. Um, these simple steps, hopefully, uh, for you, is gonna be that, the right path that you need to take in order to have messages that resonate and that uh, whatever your challenges that you're facing, uh, that you'll be able to help educate or move people to action. With that, I'll turn it over to Emily.
0: Well, thank you so much. We have gone ahead and posted a link to that tip sheet right in the chat. So if you want to access it right now, you can click that link and bookmark it um, in your browser so you can access it, download it, keep it on your desktop. So, just a couple of questions. Uh, This has been a a ton of really helpful information Um, and going right along with your theme, concise, clear content that you've presented to our members. But aside from what you've shared with us today and this tip sheet that you've provided us, are there other resources local leaders can think about or look to for support when considering all of this?
2: Yes. Um, so, from I'll, I'll jump in from the overall communications and and you know integrated marketing agency that we are. I mean, obviously, there's resources like ours. We understand there are those that can afford that, others that can't. Um, but you know, we're always willing at least to be that resource to to help. Uh, there's different organizations. Um, you might have seen that the whole RPI uh, is pulled from uh, and adapted from the Public Relations Society of America. There's also IABC. There's others. Uh, just from an overall communications uh, practice. There's a lot of best practices out there. There are a lot of award uh, submissions that you can have access to as far as just what's working well. You don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel. Um, I know our, our partners are on the phone uh, from on, on video here, WRC and DWSD are always sharing information with each other um, as, as well. So I'll defer to uh, Trisha to jump in from that standpoint of, you know, how you are working with other communities and sharing that information.
4: Yeah, definitely. Our office is huge on, on regional collaboration. Um, there are a number of different resources for this space um, that we can join. Um, Great Lakes Water Authority is one, too. They have a fantastic network. So we are actively involved in that, too. Um, but yeah, we are always willing to collaborate. Um, it helps out the region. Um, our one water all together, so it's very that to boundaries We work together. So there's definitely um vast amount of resources to connect and collaborate with each other. So that's how our office of children. I can put my information in the chat questions or effort. um
0: you know, we'd like to collaborate or work with some, you know, anything that our office does or have any or any questions, um, we're always good to. Great. Um, thank you so much. Uh, and we'll be sure to include contact information for all of our speakers today as long as they've, as they've given us the okay. But I, I think it's okay that we share our presenter contact information with our participants. Um, So I again want to give a huge thank you to all of our presenters today. As a reminder, we will email today's PowerPoint, uh, the link to that fact sheet or tip sheet, um, and a downloadable link um, to all of the participants today. Uh, In addition, as has been the case with our other webinars, this will be posted in multiple formats for you to review or share on our website at www.mml.org. Next up in our League's event series, uh, we have a a webinar coming up, Creating a Culture for Community Success. That is scheduled for May 25th from noon to 1 p.m. And of course, our Live with the League um, with our state and federal affairs team uh, and other special guests uh, is coming up June 1st uh, from noon to 1 p.m. as well. Stay tuned for more important information and other important webinar topics as we continue to provide you with timely updates and resources. Thank you all. And that
3: concludes our session today. This has been a production of the Michigan Municipal League. For more information on our programs and services, please visit www.mml.org and join us for the next episode of We Love Where You Live.